Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. My name's Carter. I'm joined by Nate. We're going to talk a little bit of Ducks stuff. We're going to talk Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of this or that later. Apparently a very hard version of it's this a or very that. very hard version of it. Like like a hard version or like an extreme version? Extre- okay, yeah. Actually, we're going to go with extreme because the options are very extreme. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, l- like extreme content-wise, like, you know... If it was on Teletoon, it would be Teletoon at night. Or I guess for that, sorry, that's a Canadian thing. I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's flashbacks though. Holy damn. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they had Teletoon down in there. There was, a, there was a Cartoon Network at night, wasn't there? Yeah, I guess that would have been kind of like your Teletoon stuff, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that would have been actually. Yeah, I, I, just, uh, I just can't remember what it was called when it was like. It definitely could be kind of Teletoon or Cartoon Network at night type stuff, potentially. I mean, okay, it, it kind of depends, I guess. Like you, yeah, it could lean that way, I guess, depending. So okay, sounds good. I don't know why yeah. I went straight to like you know Cartoon Networks, but <laughs> <laughs> I have, I literally have no idea what the question is. So if it's like about like animated shows, and that's hilarious, but yeah, no, it, it's not. But I could easily see these being turned into animated shows i'd be interested in it let's put it that way okay sounds good so this is our pitch to to cartoon network or nickelodeon or whoever's listening yeah we'll we'll do the this or that part and then we'll make a pitch on the show on that show specifically sounds good sounds good one could be like a reality show and the other one could be um yeah like a like a cartoon or something like that yeah we could totally make this work like a family guy type of cartoon like a a, Uh, animation yeah Potentially. Gotcha. Or maybe, oh, no, actually, I was going to give it away. Yeah, we'll we'll stick with that for now. Okay, sure. (laughs) Uh, We got some uh, people in the chat dropping a hey. Hey, Rainiel, good to see you again. (laughs) Quack Quack from Lauren. How's it going? And uh, Richie from the Sporty Show. Cartoon Network, home to classics like Dexter's Lab. Oh, Oh, my God, yes. It's been a minute since I've seen that show. (laughs) That's a throwback. What else was on uh, Cartoon Network? Was Johnny Test a Canadian thing only? As far as I know, it can't be a Canadian thing only. I loved that show. Yeah. Was Johnny Bravo a Cartoon Network one as well? Yes, it was. Also, Also, I also remember Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, that was. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, Was Cat Dog a Cartoon Network thing too? Pretty sure it was. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like anything that, because if, because like in Canada, even if it was on uh, Teletoon, right, it still showed up with like the Cartoon Network thing at the end of it. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Uh Powerpuff Girls was definitely on there. Samurai Jack. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think like just some of those classics. But yeah, mm-hmm. for some reason Johnny Test is the one that just popped into my head yeah. right away. So. Uh Richie says uh Johnny oh, Test yeah, was the totally shit. was. Yeah. Totally yeah, was. That was good. Um so yeah, obviously they had it down in the States then. Yeah. So. Yeah, they. I, I think they're still like making episodes of that show. The animation's a little bit weird, but um, is it? Oh, interesting. yeah. I, I tried to watch one like a couple of years ago, and I, I honestly don't remember it. It wasn't very memorable. Um, but yeah, at least the old episodes were awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm I'm just searching up Cartoon Network classics here. Um, yeah, this is how we're gonna start the show. Yeah, this is how we're starting of, the. This is how we're starting it here. A little bit of a, a throwback to the '90s. Uh, okay, you know, 30 we got years top ago. <laughs> top twenty Cartoon Network TV shows of all time. Uh, oh yeah, the original Teen Titans. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember watching that one. Yeah, there's Kinda. Dexter's Lab, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh yeah. Uh oh my god, that's a I forgot about that show, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I didn't really oh, watch boy. it, but yeah. like I just I I just remember that visual, like just yeah, that visual. My yeah. mouse is dying. Uh yeah, Powerpuff Girls. Oh <laughs> I love me some Powerpuff Girls. Codename they're, they're Kids Next special. Door. Oh yeah. Now we're getting into the good ones. Um is this is this list like in any particular order? I don't think it is. No, I'm just going through it anyway. Okay. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, we said that mm-hmm. one. Uh, Adventure Time was Cartoon Network. I never really got okay. into it, but I had friends that were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's Samurai Jack. I feel like that's got to be older than Cartoon Network, but Tom and Jerry's on here. Yeah, well, Cartoon Network's pretty old. Because I think yeah. uh, like Scooby-Doo was Cartoon Network as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, there's Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Which, oh, man, I want to go back and watch that. Um, oh, Ben 10. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a few of them on there, but I'm just trying to even look at, like, the... Uh... No, my computer's not wanting to let me back out of that. There just, we go. Just because I was oh, curious. No. Uh... I'm going into my email. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cartoon Network... Uh, launched October 1st of 1992. So coming up on 30 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, it probably, yeah, would have had some so, shows there for sure. So yeah. I don't know what was before Cartoon Network, but um, for, for tr- shows like Scooby-Doo and Tom and Jerry, but um, yeah, they definitely picked those ones up. So I'm just trying to see like even like what I remember off of here. But yeah, I, I definitely say like those are the the bigger ones for sure. So yeah, but yeah, jo- Johnny Bravo was a was a big one. I want to go back and watch that show. It's so Dude, good. <laughs> that, I, that th- this isn't even going to be a hot take. I don't know what it is. It's just it's just a take, I guess. Yeah, but I can. I haven't seen that show since it was on TV, like probably twenty five years ago. But I can guarantee you that that show did not age well, and there is a reason that it's not on TV anymore. <laughs> There, Maybe for one or two things, but there was a clip of it going around that I was laughing at. And it's kind of one of those like, man, like how did you know? It, it's it's the slipping adult jokes into uh, into kids shows, but somehow mm-hmm. this one got through because it's like it, it feels very out there. For it's not really a hidden joke. Like yeah. kids wouldn't understand it, but it's you know Johnny's with this like smoking girl and whatnot and she like pulls out this remote presses a button as he's like laying on a table or a bed and it like props his hands up and whatnot and it like handcuffs him and his like and his ankles to the thing and i'm not even gonna try the accent i I, like the like the voice i used to be able to do it but he's but he basically just goes like uh my mama like warned me about girls like you i was hoping she was right and it's just like holy crap wow (laughs) (laughs) we know what johnny's into apparently (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) i mean that's obviously probably an extreme example but like you can't get away with shit like that anymore on tv oh there's definitely there's definitely like adult jokes that you can still get past for sure oh yeah no absolutely it's like some of the compilations that you can find out there like especially when it's like a show that you watched and like you go back to it and you're like okay and now i'm catching these jokes and yeah yeah some of like the old disney and pixar movies that i grew up with like watching them now there was like there was always like scenes where i was 
I, I didn't understand what they were doing, but because I was yeah. a kid and dumb, I just like didn't care. And but yeah, like going back and like Incredibles, there was um, there's like some innuendo, yeah, in there between uh, Mister Incredible and Elastigirl. You got to like, be more flexible. <laughs> yeah, and like as a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, so that's funny. She's like, yeah, Elastigirl. She, she's flexible. Oh so yeah, she's makes flexible. sense. Yeah, but like going back, you're like. Nice. I see what you did there. Yeah. Now you're going like, okay, I kind of understand in a weird way, like why everybody's like swooning over Elastigirl. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. But huh. well, that was a nice uh, walk down memory lane. Yeah, there. it was a good start. It was a good start. Yeah. Um, it, it I, feels like it's been forever. Like honestly, the last like week has just dragged for me. So it feels like it's been a month since the last episode we did. I can't mm-hmm. wait until we actually have like. A couple of weeks between episodes and whatnot, and just to see how horrible I am at this, I was yeah. gonna forget how to do this. It's weird during the season doing two episodes a week. It's like you, you know, like you just on like this constant go, go, stream. Go. Like yeah. the cycle is because like we're we're working on clips like throughout like between episodes to like keep content out there during the season, and there's games going on, and like it, it's just super busy. And now when we it's like playoffs and we just do one a week it's like oh man last time we did an episode was like i don't know two weeks ago three weeks ago. oh no it was it was seven days ago yeah like, exactly it, it's and there's just like less <laughs> hockey on and like we're not like you know pushing the social media as much so it's like yeah it, it's very like pedal on the floor and then just like pop the car in neutral and just like coast it. along yeah yeah exactly so it's going uh oh man i don't even remember okay what was the hill that you would have to uh go down i guess that like past now this is gonna sound odd to people who are from our hometown passes the graveyard greenhouse and skateboard park uh (laughs) (laughs) what what hill was that called again i don't even remember um uh, but that was one unless you had power steering that you could just throw it in neutral and just coast down it yeah yeah i know which one you're talking about i don't i honestly don't know i described it as like the hill by the skate park and the graveyard like that's that's what it is (laughs) so and it's it's not even a very full graveyard like i think it's like a world war one graveyard there's only like a few headstones in there um Mm -hmm. like maybe 20 like it's not many but yeah then you continue down there's a i I think it's a greenhouse there and then there's the skate park Mm -hmm. so yeah um marcus is uh Actually, sorry, let's get to Richie's first because uh, it's kind of more about what we were talking about. Podcasting, yeah. it's like riding a bike. It really is, honestly, yeah. Once you what, yeah, once you get going, then, yeah. then you're going. <laughs> uh, and then Marcus here says, uh, okay, this is so random. But what a bunch of dog crap that Miss Marvel show looks. It's It comes out Friday, is that right? No, the first episode came out today, actually. I oh, haven't really? gotten a chance okay. to sit down and watch it yet. Um, I haven't even gotten a chance to sit down and watch the... Uh, the new episode of Kenobi. That'll be as soon as we're done here. I'm yeah. parking my ass on the couch and I'm watching <laughs> that. So I, after that last episode, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but after that last episode, I am hyped for the rest of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, I, I haven't seen anything, like watched anything for Miss Marvel yet. Um, I'm interested yeah. in it though. Um, yeah, I literally know nothing about it. But yeah, or like like I've seen nothing about it besides that it exists. Um, yeah. But I, I thought I saw that it was because all the other Marvel shows have been rated like um, TV 14. And I thought Ooh. I saw this one was like the whatever the step down is. You probably know. Uh, I yeah, I actually don't even know what You're the TV sure. ratings okay. are offhand. So, oh, no, that's uh, 
apparently not the case. Uh, TVPG is the one. Oh yeah, in, but apparently it, they took that away and gave it uh, TV fourteen. Okay. Oh okay. So I, yeah, I thought maybe like they were kind of going more like this is going to be more aimed at kids, sort of thing. Um, but I guess maybe not. Yeah. Marvel's another thing, I guess, that does, you know, like the like the innuendos is some of the jokes that like the older crowd will understand, but not so much the little kids, but it's still made for little kids. Yeah. In a way. So, mm-hmm. but. Uh, oh, here we go. Richie's uh, actually seen it so far. Uh, it looks like first episode is out today, and I liked it a lot. Uh, Iman Villani, I'm, I think I'm saying that right, is terrific as Kamala. Cool. Cool. You know, I'm going to take Richie's word for it though we got pretty similar moments, yeah yeah so. for sure yeah way back in the the day when the mandalorian was uh was coming out we had <laughs> we had yeah. him on for a couple episodes uh to talk about that which also season three of that comes out in february i think and i am hyped for that too i was like there's damn that's soon but i was like oh no that's like yeah nine months away but there <laughs> is like some other star wars content coming out before that like there's gonna be yeah. season two of the bad batch which i'm really interested in um and uh, there, there was something else as well, like a kind of a TV show. In, in the meantime, I maybe it's Andor, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm mm. I'm excited. There's there's a lot of cool stuff coming our way. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just need more time to be able to sit down and watch it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the struggle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, I'm starting to see. Uh, we've we've got a f- a few uh, hockey related comments that I've starred for now. So I think uh, now might be a good time to get into the hockey conversation and uh, then we'll, we'll get to some of these comments uh, as well. So don't go anywhere guys. Um, Yeah. Into the hockey talk. So we're going to start with uh, just briefly with the awards. Um, I I know that more have come out, but we're going to save it until like the actual awards ceremony, which I want to say is the end of the month. I think it's in the next I think it's next week or in the next two weeks. Because I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be happening during the Stanley Cup final. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be on like one of the off days. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about the one that gets laugh was up for the King Clancy, um, which I, I don't remember the exact definition. Maybe you can find it real yeah, quick. Let me, but let me it's, uh, it's basically like, you know, Big best community member who gave back to their community um, uh, the the most, I guess. An honor given annually to a player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution to his community. Yeah, so we talked about all the nominees um, when they were first announced. And it was uh, P.K. Subban and Ryan Getzlaff and Darnell Nurse were the three nominees. And uh, Subban, after being nominated for, I think it was four times, uh, has finally got the recognition <laughs> and won the award there. So uh, obviously can't argue with that. What what he's done is uh, phenomenal. Um, unfortunate that Getzlaff didn't win. We always like when it's, you know, um, someone from your, your favorite team getting that recognition, especially for one that's not just like totally hockey based. It's like, oh, yeah. you're good at hockey and an awesome person. Yeah, um, exactly. So... Uh, but yeah, congrats to Subban anyways. And um, yeah, I think um, I, I, from what I saw in the articles, yes, um, both Getzlaff and Nurse as runners-up each uh, received a $5,000 donation um, to yeah. one of their charities. So And uh, Subban receives a $25,000 
uh, to don't like to- dollars to donate to a charity or charities uh, of his choice there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just do a really quick run through uh, for yeah. Subban here just because I, I have it up here. Go for it. Um, yeah, so Subban launched the PK Subban Foundation in 2014, a made a $10 million pledge to the Montreal Children's Hospital in 2015. Um, that I believe was being paid over five years. So that's, uh, he's, he's paid that through now. Uh, plus donations for Ukrainian cancer patients who have been displaced due to the ongoing war in their country. And he also serves as the co-chair on the NHL's player inclusion committee. So, and also he's on, I believe he's on the board for the uh, HDA, the Hockey Diversity Alliance. So yes, you're right. Can't, uh, yeah. the, the article doesn't have that, but I'm going to throw that in there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So yeah. yeah, congrats to congrats to PK. Definitely, definitely deserved. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, like we said, there's been a few other awards that were announced already, but we'll, we'll just save them and talk about all of them at the same time. Uh, I think yeah. that's probably the easiest there. Yeah. Um, next thing we have uh, to talk about before getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Athletic every year puts out uh, rankings of the of each team's local broadcast crew. And uh, it, it's all voted on by fans. Um, and they, all they do is ask you to rank uh, your favorite team's broadcasters from one to five. I, I'm assuming five being the best. And uh, and then any other ones that you, you've seen kind of throughout the years. So if you watch national broadcasts or you frequently watch Kings games to watch them lose like as a Ducks fan, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can vote for them as well. Uh, it, yeah. Sharks might be the better one to go with this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's That's... That's true. Uh, so yeah, and then they, they just kind of, you know, combine the rankings and give the uh, ranking for based off of like your local um, fans, I guess, yeah. ranking you and then and also a national rank. So um, because not everybody has an athletic subscription, we are here to uh, knock down that paywall for you and let you know what's up. <laughs> not <laughs> We're not going to give thing, it obviously. all away. Not away. Not all of it away. So. No. We can uh, talk about the bottom three. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, <laughs> if we're just talking about the bottom three, it's not uh, looking good for the Ducks here. But the Ducks ranked 31 out of 32 uh, in this. I think they said they uh, about 5,000 people, just over 5,000 people uh, participated in the survey. Uh, so, yeah, not a great. That's a, yeah, it's good. But, yeah, not great that the Ducks are... 31 out of 32 there um, with John and Brian. Uh, yeah. And actually, in terms of local ranking, they are dead last at 32. So local fans don't actually really like John Allers and too Brian Hayward, which yeah. I find, I personally find surprising. Like, are they the best commentary crew? I, I don't think so, but I don't think they're the worst either. I, uh, I was reading through the comments because they do share some of them, and I... I, I do understand it. And yeah. I do agree with it to a point here. Um, yeah, they have in here, Hayward is incredibly biased, although he has improved a lot in recent years, one Anaheim fan wrote. I would rather hear objective analysis than have him pumping the tires of our players, whether they're doing well or not. And I feel like that's something that we try to do here, at least. So I, I do kind <laughs> of agree with that, though, right? Like, there is a lot of... Um, you know, having watched as many games as we did this season, at least from my perspective, there were a few times where I'm like, okay, but he's not doing great right now. Like, why Why are we talking about him like this yeah. here? So. Yeah. 
But yeah, so yeah. I, I do agree with it uh, definitely to an extent. Don't get me wrong. I like a touch of Homerism. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be open to more objective analysis, though, as this fan uh, specifically here wants. But uh, the, the one part here, though, that I definitely agree with, um, it says, while the Ducks had one of the NHL's most exciting stories and players this season in Trevor Zegras, the lack of enthusiasm around him from the broadcast booth was notable for viewers. I do agree with that because mm-hmm. I went back and watched the... Uh, it would, would have been the first Michigan goal that he scored against Montreal, right? And I think one of uh, one of Ehlers and Hayward were missing that day. I forget who it was. But it was just like, oh, and Zegras scores. Wow. He did the Michigan. I'm just like, that, that's it? Yeah. The guy's a rookie and he just pulled off the Michigan. Sure, it's against the Montreal Canadiens' third string goalie. But like, Really? That that's all we're gonna give to this year? Yeah, the NHL no, I, pumped it up <laughs> even more, and they hate yeah. fun. Remember? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I do agree with that. Like, there's, it, it's it's kind of a, an interesting line for me because I don't like. Um, here, here's an example: the Tampa Bay Lightning broadcast um, broadcast crew. Uh, I I don't generally listen to them because we don't get them up here. But on Thirty Two Thoughts, sometimes they'll put in the clip of like. Um, the goal calls, uh, yeah. just when they're, when they're talking about specific goals. And the Tampa Bay Lightning crew, like, they make it sound like every goal was the Michigan. <laughs> like, it's like the guy can't get the words out. Like, I, I don't, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, to, to be fair, though, what it, most of the time when they play that, it's Kucherov making an amazing pass. Yeah, but like, is Those that Those are losing, the times when I kind of mind agree over? with it. Then again, though, if it's something exciting, though, be excited about it, right? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, this, I, I, and I do agree with that, but I'm saying, like, there needs to be a line. Like, not every play can be the most amazing play that you've ever seen in your life. But also, if you do some, see something amazing, like, hype it up. So, like, goals are important, but maybe not as much this year because there was more of them. But, like, over the last few years, like, there was tons of just, like, 2-1, 3-2 yeah. games. So, like, this, if... Goals are the only time you get hyped. There's not a lot of things to be hyped about over the course of two and a half, three hours. Yeah, so, like to I, me, it's, I guess like, it's a weird yeah. line that you have to walk. I'm I'm very picky. I guess <laughs> maybe that's all it yeah. is. But I feel like if we took uh, like Ailers and Hayward, and you combined them, you, you took the middle ground between them and like Mexican soccer announcers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you got like the the perfect amount of excited. Right yeah. for like your usual goal. Let's put it that way. I, I would agree with that for sure. So yeah, um, the the one that I like is too much discussion of heart and grit. Way too much. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, when I, I, yeah, it, it kind of goes with like the you know they're pumping their tires when they when they maybe shouldn't be in that kind of thing. I do agree yeah. with that. I do agree with that. Yeah, I I think it's a hard line though because like the ducks aren't the biggest market, so like. If you're just a casual fan and you're like, oh, I'll just throw in a hockey game and, and see what's going on. The for a market like this, the commentators need to, I think, be as positive as possible. They can't just be like, oh my God, look at how bad this player is doing because or look look at how shit this game is. Because if you're just casually throwing on the game, like I think it's hard for us to understand because no matter how the game's going, we're gonna watch it. 
but not everyone. It's kind of our job, yeah. (laughs) Well, like even even if it's not our job, like if I want to watch, like I'll I'll use the example of in round one when Dallas and Calgary were playing. I have zero skin in that series besides the fact that it's potentially who is going to play Edmonton, and at at that point we didn't even know if Edmonton was going to make it past the first round. So I, I had like no skin in that, but I tuned in to watch that because I was like, well, this is going to be exciting hockey, and yeah, I want the Flames to lose, obviously. But if it was a bad game, I was still going to watch it because I wanted to know if something exciting was going to happen. Like, is Chuck going to get his nose broken by John Klingberg? Who knows? (laughs) I mean, John Klingberg would probably like to think so. Everybody else who just knows hockey in general is laughing at that. (laughs) Yeah. So, but like the, the Flames broadcasters, like they don't need to be super positive because the people that are watching that are in are, are they're going to watch it anyways they are interested yeah so if someone's not doing well they can say wow look at how bad this player's doing or wow this game is a slog like well obviously they're not going to say that but like they can kind of allude to that but with the ducks i think you need to try and keep as many people around as possible and i know that sounds like shitty to say but like it's it's just a fact like it's not, not wrong especially when you look at the attendance over the last little bit i understand exactly. we're also coming out of a pandemic and whatnot but the attendance yeah. was dipping for the anaheim ducks before the pandemic hit yeah exactly so i think that's maybe part of it where it's like oh man like this team really sucks but at least you can tell that they're putting a lot of effort in that's kind of so like i i get why they're doing it but i do agree that is there not something else you can say? Like, yeah. If you're like, looking for like feel know. good stories or something like that, there, there's other things that you can go to for sure. Yeah. But, you know, like, I don't know, take a look at Max Comtois this year, right? No, he didn't have a great season. And like when he was able to play, otherwise he was injured or dealing with other stuff. But, you know, you don't have to. Go, oh, yeah, he, he's playing with a lot of heart and grit tonight. It's like, yeah, but where's the points from last year? Yeah. That's what he's paid for. He's not paid for the heart and grit, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what, like, the heart and grit is what uh, Nick Delorier was paid for. Right? Yeah. If, if you're going to center that on somebody, like, center it on somebody that it actually makes sense for. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I do understand it. Yeah. So, so I, I do agree that, like, yeah. I, I have nothing against, like, the actual execution of, like, these guys, like, I, th- I think they do bring a lot to, like, the commentary. Um, but there's definitely room to improve for uh, for yeah. John and Brian, I think. So, I don't know. I, I would, like, obviously, they're not going to get fired. Like, no. quality sports doesn't give a shit what 5,000 people said yeah, on I, an athletic survey. But Yeah, I was like, bro, like, Hayward's been around. I, I, Yeah, I think Hayward's been around for, like, years. Yeah. Like... I mean, obviously, they predate doing Ducks broadcasts, so like us doing the show kind of thing. But like, mm-hmm. like going back and watching old clips and whatnot, like you recognize the voices and stuff like that. And yeah, they go back years. So, yeah. So I would be interested to see once like this team starts doing better and like not just being a bottom feeder for the whole year. I think they, they start doing we'll better, see... and then they're gonna start picking out like, hey, this guy's actually doing shit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because they, yeah. they'll have the balance of like, oh, look at how great Trevor Zegers and Troy Terry are doing. Why is Max Comtois just like water skiing off the, these two? Like he's just okay. Now, okay. Like now I'm going I'm, I'm to throw this out here. as an example. Sorry. <laughs> For about two weeks at least, if I'm yeah. remember, remembering this season correctly, 
It was about that, yeah. The the Ducks held the first spot in the Pacific Division. Yeah. So we should have been seeing some of that. Yeah, and I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Like how they, how they were. I, I really don't know. As far as I can recall, it was the same whether they were top of the division or bottom of the division. We yeah. literally saw both ends of the spectrum of like, or like both ends of the standings where the Ducks could be mm-hmm. and everything was the same otherwise. So yeah. Like, yeah. like I enjoy the commentary. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also not looking at the Ducks being this low and saying that's incorrect. Yeah, that's fair. So, but yeah, I mean, like the reasons that they gave it, it makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. not like, yeah, it, like it's not where I would put them if I was doing this list. Uh, obviously, I don't know because like I don't watch every team's broadcasters. So, yeah. Um, so I, I was surprised, but like at the same time, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. now. Okay. Sorry. Do you, do you have anything else that you want to say about the ducks one specifically? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Because I'm kind of laughing at the two teams on either side of the ducks in 30th yeah. and 32nd spot. Now, everybody would assume, and even the athletic article here says that, you know, they expected the Bruins to finish last in the rankings since that's where they've been in like previous years. Yeah. Um, but they actually improved and it was, we'll, we'll get back to the Bruins. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the Coyotes, sorry, Richie, were uh, dead last actually. Ranking yeah. uh, 31st for local ranking and 31st for national ranking. Uh, and uh, it, it looks like at least um that uh that tyson nash's comments mm-hmm. with the anaheim ducks and trevor zegris and the skilling it up and everything like that which if you want to go uh show that you're skilling it up head to tqrshop.myspreadshop.com we got a t-shirt for that shit <laughs> um but uh yeah like that kind of stuff and the the comment here of generally pretty fun, but they have such an old school hockey mindset that gets really annoying. Yeah. I understand it. Now, mm. for any Canadian listeners here, I might have some pull out the pitchforks. I might have some agree with me. That's honestly how I felt about Don Cherry as well before he got pulled off the air. I was on. I was like, like I grew up with Don Cherry as well, right? Like I had the Rock'em Sock'ems and everything like that. I enjoyed watching those, and like mm. I enjoyed dawn but like as i grew up and got more into the sport right like analytically and everything like that too it kind of got to a point where i was just like i don't i don't have that same like oh i gotta stay here for the first intermission to listen to don cherry anymore right It, it wasn't the same when he was pulled off air and brian burke was on actually i remember a lot of people thinking or like like saying that they were thinking like oh great like another old guy here I really enjoyed Brian Burke on the broadcast because, yes, it was an older guy, but you know what? He was like just removed from the game at that yeah. point, right? And he and he's now back in it mm-hmm. uh, as as the president for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But he's like he's he was the old guy, but he understood today's game, right? And yeah. followed it and backed it up and everything like that. So I enjoyed having Brian Burke yeah, on there. No, Him with David Amber was awesome. Yeah, so for sure, yeah, hundred percent, I agree with that. So. um yeah, I think I, I think the Coyotes would probably be a little bit higher if not for that 
whole debacle because I think very yeah. few people sided with. Um, sorry, I should say very few people outside of the Coyotes fan base sided with Nash. Here, and, I, I can't. I can't yeah. speak for Coyotes fans, but I. Yeah, from what I gathered, even Coyote, like a lot of Coyotes fans were like, "That that's not that's a that's a bad take. That's yeah. a bad take, to Nash." So yeah, and from somebody who's outside of the Arizona, you know, fan base and, uh, you know, and target audience shits on and, the coyotes, <laughs> not frequently shits on <laughs> they're going back to the Kachinas, the best thing that the coyotes have done in the last 15 years. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Anytime you we talk about the Coyotes, you'll like say something bad about them and then be like, but they do have the nicest jerseys in the NHL. They do. That's it. They uh, do, that's it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't even know like how to com- like I, I I usually am pretty good about coming up with metaphors I, I'd like to think, but yeah. like and I can't come up with one this time, but like that's the only nice thing I've heard you say about the Coyotes. Over the ever. last couple of years? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean, they they showed us that Wayne Gretzky isn't the great one at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) That can be a positive thing, right? Everybody's got flaws. The Arizona Coyotes helped show that Wayne Gretzky is not a great hockey coach. But you know what? I've actually enjoyed him on the TNT broadcasts. He's pretty good for that, actually. Mm -hmm. Um. Where was I going? Oh, yeah, right. Being outside the Coyotes kind of fan base and whatnot. I honestly didn't know who the hell Tyson Nash was until he started making those comments during that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people did it. Yeah. But now it was one thing to say those comments, right? It's another thing to then basically do a press tour, doubling, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling down on that horrible take Mm -hmm. for not just a, you know, Arizona team even or an Anaheim team, but an entire league that's moving away from that train of thought. You, you want to talk about like keeping viewers and like bringing in new viewers and that kind of thing. Th- that's not the way to do it whatsoever. Yeah. That's not the way to do it at all. Yeah, no, I agree. hundred percent. So yeah. Now, uh, so not surprising yeah. like in, in hindsight about yeah. who was at number 32. And I think if not for that incident, Anaheim is easily, 32nd. Yeah. Now, to go to the Bruins, there's one sentence here that really just sums up the entire Bruins broadcast, not just for mm. this year, but for many years past. Yeah. Who are who are 30th overall, in case we haven't yeah. said that? Uh, you either hate it, or you're a Bruins fan who loves it. Yeah. <laughs> because it is, Jack Edwards is such a homer that he almost has yellow skin, a cartoon comb over and works at the power plant type Homer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's honestly so bad. And as soon as it's like, Oh, like listen to the commentator here. And I see a Bruins Jersey on like the, uh, like the clip image or whatever. I'm like, what did Jack Edwards say this time? Yeah, right. <laughs> and you want to talk about bad takes. Man, that guy has had some bad takes. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think that the Bruins would be last. They were last in the national ranking here at 32. Not surprised. Yeah, but 
I think because there's just so many Bruins fans out there and their local rank, so from Bruins fans, is 23, that, like, drags them up a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, like that comment said, like, nobody outside of Boston likes <laughs> these announcers. Specifically Jack or Jack Edwards, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I think it sucks that the Ducks are sandwiched in between old guy bad takes in, uh, well, actually two old guys with bad takes in Jack Edwards and Tyson Nash. (laughs) (laughs) It's like bad take and just mediocre bad take. (laughs) Yeah. Bad take, bad, bad take. (laughs) That's it. That's all. There's apparently a Tumblr account. Things Jack Edwards has said. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just. (laughs) Give give me the first one that comes up. It's an entire paragraph. (laughs) Oh, okay. Give me the first one that comes up that's like a reasonable length. (laughs) Uh, Some of these are just like, they call like Edwards isms. Uh, Mm. He was doing an outstanding impression of a painted turtle. What? <laughs> what does that I, mean? Some of these I want the context, some of these I don't. Numbers taken, memories long, nastiness aplenty. <laughs> no, sorry, one more time. Numbers taken, memories long, nastiness, nastiness aplenty. Nastiness Yep. Uh, on a Bruins Canadians game from 2011. Okay. Like, at least that one makes, like, I can figure out what he's talking about there. It's It's a stupid way to say it, but. <laughs> Okay, here you go. This brings out the homerism a little bit here. Uh, so Yoni Pikkinen, I guess, had it was there was a dive in 2011. Pikkinen with a pathetic dive, but the refs aren't buying it. <laughs> I I can't think of any other who's talking about like pathetic yada yada, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. I don't know. Let's, I'm just gonna see what. Uh, I'm just gonna, yeah. I don't know, like, some of these are just like, oh man, like, I like, like I you just like, know look how at to them and you're like, it's just like cringy and like you just want to yeah. groan at it. Yeah, yeah cringiness is the, is, the, is the best way actually to describe Jack Edwards. Cringy. Yeah. I, I know what you mean, where he says that, says that, and you're just like, oh, like. Why? Like, oh, that, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Some of like the Ray Ferraro lines from the NHL games are like that too. Where like they you, they <laughs> they say that, and I'm like, why did why did somebody write that? Or like, why did Ray Ferraro say that? Luckily, Ray Ferraro is one of those guys where it's like it's ba- like badly recorded for the video games, but mm. it's he's good in real life. I love I, Ray I, Ferraro. There's yeah, only one World World Juniors. I think it was two years ago. That there was one take that he had that I was like, that's not it, Ray. Yeah. But everything else I enjoy of him. He was on this list. I kind of browsed through it this morning because um, uh, over the Leafs broadcast for yeah, uh, TSN. I, yeah. I just forget where they ranked. Um, oh, they ranked 25th. Yeah, they're kind of like in the middle. Yeah. But it, it does say it depends on which broadcast has the game, one Maple Leafs fan wrote. If it's Sportsnet, it's a yeah. one. If it's TSN, it's a five. Another one says TSN is a four, Sportsnet is a two, average it out to a three. So it seems like if it was just Ray and uh, Gord Miller is the other is the play-by-play guy on that one. If it was just them, they would probably be like near the top of the league. It sounds like. Yeah. So to really sum up that really quickly, they were 
kind of the comments were TSN felt more like a local broadcast, yeah. whereas Sportsnet felt like it was constantly pandering to a national audience. Which, which makes I understand sense. that. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. I, I so. would agree with for how few Leaf games I watch, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, what was the oh there there's something else I was gonna say oh yeah okay so there was one line just as we're talking about like Ray Ferraro in the NHL games mm-hmm. there was one recorded line that I straight up like I don't normally get like super pissed with video games I mean you've played enough NHL with me to know that like I'll, I'll get pissed but it's like okay you know at the end of the at the end of the day it's a it's a video game mm-hmm. you also know though that I'm very superstitious. Yeah. They had a comment as I was playing be a pro my goalie. My guy my my goalie was about to get his first career shutout. <laughs> Three minutes left in the game. Oh, he's looking for that shutout there. Something along those lines from Ferrar. And I'm like, I, I paused the game for a second. And I'm like, they actually just say that? And I'm playing again for a little bit. 30 seconds left. <laughs> I get scored on. And I chucked my controller. I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Like I could get putting that in if it was like, um, it, like if it wasn't like a be a pro, it was just like a drop in game or whatever. But yeah. when somebody is actively controlling the goalie, why right? would you put that in? Like, <laughs> oh man, that had I, to have been on purpose, honestly. And I and I know I made a tweet about it. It was like forever ago. Like this was like 2017, I think. Um, let me see if I can find it though. Actually. Okay. Um, how long is this going to take you? Do you, do you want, uh, want me to take a break for it? Yeah, we can take a break. Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, on the other side of the break, we'll get to the couple rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the conference finals. Uh, we'll break those down. Um, and then, but first, we'll take a break. And then on the other side, Nate may or may not have a tweet for us. So may. see you in there a couple minutes. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. At EA Sports NHL on uh, looks like the 6th of March of 2019. Okay, so it wasn't as far back as we thought. Mm. I may be a goalie and a bit superstitious, but why the hell do you have Ray Ferraro talking about hanging on to this shutout in your game? It's a real thing. I got scored on less than a minute after hearing it. 
Yeah, I remember I was not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you're pissed when you like go on a Twitter rant about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, that's not too often either. <laughs> yeah. Did they respond to it or no? No, oh, I, I got no traction on that on that post. It, it'd be Mind funny you, if they just I like, liked it and moved on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, sure, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, before we uh, totally move into the Stanley Cup playoffs here, we had a comment from Marcus way back at the beginning of the episode here. Deal or no deal? To Columbus, the 10th overall pick, Max Comtois, and a 2024 fourth. To Anaheim, the sixth overall pick. I'm saying no. That's way yeah. too much of an overpayment to move up uh, four spots. Four spots. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Not at all. Sorry, Marcus. Not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I, I think if the Ducks did want to move up, it would be... Max Comtrol would not be an op, like in there. It would be... Um, Columbus is happy with that one, but Anaheim. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. Yeah, no I, I'd say like probably a tenth, the tenth overall pick, and like a second rounder. Will, one because they have like three or something. Like so, yeah, one you of could those do something like that to move up. Yeah, but yeah, no, Max Comtois like is way gross too overpay. So yeah. yeah, no, thank you. Sorry, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually read it before it uh, it, it came <laughs> up. So if I'd known it was that awful, I wouldn't have even brought it up. How dare you? <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm joking. We love your uh, your trade proposals here. It really gets <laughs> us thinking. Okay, into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Conference finals. Four teams left. One of them already eliminated and three teams vying for two spots. It sounds like, let's, let's do some math here, Cardi. He said four teams left. One's gone. So how many do we actually have left? <laughs> Five. <laughs> <laughs> we add a team every time someone's out. <laughs> We yeah. had two teams every time someone's out. And then you yeah, just get the full league and we're back to the regular season. Yeah, you just take the bottom two and then add it in. So yeah. Arizona imagine, and Montreal imagine, moving up. <laughs> imagine if that's how the regular season started. You start with the Stanley Cup champions and whoever they last played. So that's like your mm-hmm. first game. And then you add teams back into it. That'd be interesting. That'd be really yeah. weird. I don't know how you'd do that, but that'd it be would be fun. Yeah. Is, is it like King of the Hill style? So once you lose, then you like go to the back of the line. Like, yeah, so sure. Like, Let's go with that. So, like, if Tampa Bay wins the cup this year, then they play. I guess it would be Colorado. Um, spoiler: If you've been living under a rock, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they play Colorado, and then if Tampa Bay wins against Colorado again, then it's like, okay, now we bring in the Rangers, and then Colorado yeah. goes to the end of the line, and then okay, now we bring in Edmonton, and then yeah, like end of the line. So, yeah, that'd be, I think that's how we do it. It's interesting. Yeah. I have no idea how you would make that work. No, I have no idea either. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting concept, but like yeah. in theory, but the the actual idea is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rangers in Tampa Bay, though. Um, Rangers had a 2 nothing series lead in this. A lot of people went, oh, man, the, the Lightning are done for. And uh, yeah, people that don't watch hockey. <laughs> yeah, any anybody who's watched Tampa Bay at home, especially went, no, uh, uh, hold hold on a second here, hold on a second here. Now, mind you, if if they went down three nothing in the series, yeah, then yeah. I'm maybe leading into that a little bit more. Yeah, two nothing though, a lot can happen. Sure enough, a lot did happen. Both uh, teams have won both their home games, none on the road, so we get a tied two two series. Mm-hmm. Now. Colorado fans, if there's anybody listening, Griffin is one of them. Uh, 
our friend Steven is a Colorado fan, are not going to like this take from me. <laughs> okay. Whoever comes out of the East is winning the Stanley Cup this year. Colorado is a damn good team. Don't get me wrong. But I'm putting money on whoever comes out of the East, whether it's the Rangers yeah. or the Lightning. I can see it happening. The thing is with... Uh, and that's not a slight on yeah. Colorado. No, by, I, yeah. by uh, any no, I know. Means. Yeah. You, I think with the East, it's the two best goalies that are left. Shesterkin and Vasilevsky. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't it's matter the two who best moves on. Left. It, it's... It's literally the two best goalies in the league this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, literally, whichever team moves on has the better goalie compared to yeah. Kemper and Franzos. Like, that's not even up for debate. Yeah. Both of these, well, I won't say both because I haven't seen a lot of the Rangers this year. Um, in the playoffs, that is. With Tampa Bay, they they have the offense, obviously. They have yeah. the defense, and they have the goaltending. Like, they just have everything. Mm-hmm. But with Colorado, I would say they have the better offense than Tampa Bay or the Rangers. Ooh, okay. They, I mean, that's up for debate. I would say they have the better defense. No, they play better defense than the Rangers in Tampa Bay. But they have to to cover up their lesser goaltending. Not saying okay, that defensemen are better, but like as a team, as a whole, they play better defense. As somebody okay. who watched it go to work for four straight games. <laughs> so I think yeah, that's okay. I can kind of see that. So I think if Colorado can play that just like responsible defense that they did or that they have for the last four, eight, six games against the Blues, 14 games. Which is not a lot for the Stanley Cup. That's playoffs. really not. Yeah, <laughs> like I thought about that the other day too. I'm like, okay, yeah, they played 14 games. They're they're fucking 12 and two right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous to think about. Actually, that yeah, this team again. Spoiler alert: has played three rounds already. Has swept two of them. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, one of those was Nashville. Which barely with no squeaked in. UC Soros. With no UC Soros. Yeah. Th- that was going to be a bad time no matter what. As yeah. Daryl Sutter said, it's a waste of eight days. Jokes. Mm-hmm. They did it in seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even like even like even I thought that that was going to be five games. Maybe six. Maybe they, yeah. they have a stinker in there. If Soros was in, I could see that one going to six. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think if Colorado can play the same way that they have for 14 games, the last yeah. 14, then it's going to be a tough ask for the Rangers or Tampa Bay. But that being said, I do agree with you. Like, you need a goalie to steal you games in the playoffs. Colorado's goalie can't do that. They, it, the whole team has to work for a win. And they're doing it beautifully. Yeah. But with Tampa Bay and the Rangers, if like, a few guys just aren't feeling it. Shesterkin or Vasilevsky are going to steal a game. Oh, absolutely. Here, I'm, I'm pulling up the stats for each guy right now. Yeah, sure. Just for the playoffs or for the whole year? Just for the playoffs. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's insane. I, like, I haven't looked at them, but I just know it's going to be disgusting. 
in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, stats, player stats. Are you going like the the juicy expected uh, or goal saved above expected? I'm pulling stats? up the normal stats first, but then I'll pull okay. up those. Don't get me wrong. Gotcha. Uh, are you looking at playoffs? Yes, we are. Okay, and then Vasilevsky playoffs. Okay, who do you want to start with, Vasilevsky or uh, Shesterkin? Uh, let's start with Vasilevsky. All right, Andrei Vasilevsky in the twenty-one twenty-two playoffs. Fifteen games played and started. Mm-hmm. Ten, five, and zero. Oh. I guess there's no overtime, so ten and five. Uh, a two forty-four goals against, not bad, mm-hmm. and a nine twenty-five save percentage. <laughs> Also not bad. <laughs> Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Yeah. And Shesterkin, uh 18 games played, 18 games started, uh, 10 and 7. I guess there's the one that he got pulled. Mm. Or two that he got pulled. Yeah. Uh, or, oh, he got, I think yeah. he got pulled and got put back in for one. Because Georgiev has two games played here. So, okay. Uh, but yeah, so 18 games, 10 and 7, because he got pulled for one of them. Uh, a 265 goals against and a 929 safe percentage. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid. The only way that Vasilevsky really has a leg up besides like he's losing in the save percentage, but he's winning in the goals against and he has one shutout compared to Shesterkin has none. Hmm. Now let's see if I can pull up. If I can pull up for just playoffs, then I will here for some advance. Cause yeah, I want yeah. I want to see the expected goal save. Yeah. I bet for Vasilevsky, it's gonna be like just average because the team plays really well in front of him. I bet for the Rangers, though, it's gonna be insane. Like I'm talking oh, like Oh 20. no, it it's great for both of them, actually. Is it? Okay. <laughs> it's great for both of them. Uh not surprising. They are one and two. For the playoffs here, minimum one yeah. game played. Mm-hmm. So this is counting everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, even back to the first round. Uh, I'm going to throw a, just a, a fun little sprinkle in here as well. Okay. Jake Ottinger is still sitting third. <laughs> <laughs> Goal save above expected. Wow. <laughs> and remember, people, he only played seven games in the first round. He's had the last month off. Yeah, he's still sitting at a ten point one goal save above expected third place. Wow. Now second is Vasilevsky. Again, fifteen games played with an eleven point two goal save above expected. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Igor Shesterkin sitting at number one. If you didn't figure that out already, seventeen point two goal save above wow. expected in eighteen games. That's almost a goal per game that should go in that doesn't. Yeah. So I wasn't far off when I said he's probably at like a plus 20. Yeah, you were <laughs> yeah, you weren't far far off. Wow. His goal save above expected per 60 is a 0.97. Yeah. Damn. Like he's almost at a goal per. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, dude. Absolutely insane. To put it in a little bit more perspective, Vasilevsky over 15 games has led in 37 goals. Just turning over 18 is landing 47. Wow. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. So, like, 
I think with those numbers alone, I I would have to agree with you that whoever wins this series is winning the cup. Um, but Colorado's a really fucking good team, and oh boy, do they want it. Now, okay, you know what? Let's pull up Darcy Kemper. Sure. Who's played in 10 games. Uh, I don't have his normal stats off the top of my head. If you could pull those up quick. Yeah, for sure. 10 games played. Has a minus 4.4 goal save above expected. Okay. For 29th out of 30 spots. 30 Ooh. goaltenders have played so far in this year's playoffs. That's a lot. And he's sitting 29th. And again, that's minimum one game played. So that's every goalie that has played these playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so in the playoffs this year, 10 games played, a 6-2 and two record. Uh, he was pulled twice, I guess, or left the game Yeah, once, I don't think then, he was pulled. I think he just... I, I guess it was both injuries, yeah. Yeah, both so, were, were his eye, yeah. Yeah, so 6-2 and two record, uh, 2.65 goals against average, and a .897 save percentage. There you go. Pat Francois, because yeah. he's obviously played a few... Uh, six games played, six and O record, uh, two point eight six goals against average, and a point nine oh six with one. And put in there. he's sitting at a flat zero goal save above expected. So that he's just right where he, he's just like right where you should be, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, he's saving what he should save. He's not what he probably won't. So yeah. So subpar goaltending for Colorado, but yeah. they've still managed to only play fourteen games in the playoffs, which I think speaks a lot to their defense and their team as a whole. Kill the car, dude. <laughs> He's insane. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'd obviously seen Kale McCarr play before, but I hadn't seen him and watched him closely for four straight games. I don't know how much of this series, um, the, the Oilers won you lost. Sorry for people that aren't really following the Stanley cup playoffs. Oilers got swept for nothing by Colorado. Um, in, Pretty embarrassing fashion. Dominant fashion by the Avalanche. Credit to them. But yeah, Kale McCarr was fucking beast mode. Did you watch much of the series? Or I, I did try to tune in for what I could. Now, obviously you watched it though. I wouldn't call it dominating fashion. You look at it's a sweep. You would assume yeah. that. Only one of those games was not a one goal game though. Am I correct in that? Yeah, yeah, if you take out empty netters. So yeah. so so it is closer I would say then. Yes, in terms of the score, the Oilers made things happen, but Colorado controlled pretty much every minute of all four games. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> like even in game 4, the Oilers were leading 3-1 by the end of the second period, and I knew well, I didn't know, but I had a very strong feeling that this game wasn't going to end 3-1. And yeah. it could potentially go to overtime. And it did, and Oilers lost. But whenever... I'm going to back up to the Calgary series, because I know you watched that, and a lot of listeners tuned in for us doing the watch-along, so would have watched those games as well. In that series, um, when... When Calgary got a lead, Edmonton battled back to close the gap most times. When Edmonton got the lead, Calgary couldn't really battle back. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah. It just in general. Yeah, I feel yeah, I think so. When in this series, when Colorado got the lead, it was game over. Edmonton could try, but they and like yes, they they would like kind of get close to tying it. Um but they had to put like literally everything they possibly could onto the ice just to like get shots on net. Not even like good quality shots. When mm. when Edmonton got the lead, like they never t- they they just didn't touch the puck. Like Colorado was just yeah. like, no, this is mine, and we're gonna hold on to it until we tie this game. Yeah, like it was. I, I like I can't describe it besides the the fact that they were just like, we are winning this series, and there's nothing you Wh- can whether do you about. like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Edmonton was like, they tried their best, like. And, and not like yeah. a oh good job little Timmy you, you, here's a participation ribbon you did well <laughs> like it was like no we we also gave no it's, we it's, had, it's but... good job Mikey you tried <laughs> yeah <laughs> like Colorado just man especially Kale McCarr like they just do everything so well okay now I want to bring up one thing really quickly and then I have a question for you okay they're completely they're they're, they're related but they're not related okay go for it. Just a reminder to everybody that Kyle McCarr is a 23-year-old defenseman mm-hmm. who currently has 22 points in 14 games in the playoffs. Yeah, defenseman <laughs> in the playoffs, 23 years old. And is sitting just south of a 10% shooting percentage. Damn. so bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I do just want to bring up this comment from Lauren. Again, just right off the top, so I don't even know if she's still around, but I was thrilled the Oilers were eliminated. I bet. I know how much you hate them. Oh. <laughs> I was less than thrilled. Okay, and, what's your okay. question? And Sorry, okay, okay, one more thing here. Oh, just because yeah, I'm looking at Kale McCarr's numbers, and it's fucking hilarious. In, like, not laughing at Edmonton kind of thing, but, mm-hmm. like, how the hell is this even possible? So he's got all those points, and... It's pretty standard, I guess, for like for top line defensemen to be playing like at least half the game, right? Or about there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he did do it against Edmonton. Game one, 27-16. Game two, 25-54, which is the lowest of the series. Mm-hmm. Game three, 29-57. Game four, 29-03. Wow. <laughs> there was one play that I saw that was you know, McDavid pulling his signature. I'm going to streak down the right side, be able to mm-hmm. get around the defender and tuck it in far, right? Yeah. And he tried to do that on Kel McCarr, and Kel McCarr kept up with him backwards. Yeah. <laughs> There's Connor McDavid. That's not human. And then you saw that and you went, what the fuck planet did Kale McCarr come from? Yeah, because right. it's not Calgary, Alberta. I can tell you that much. No, <laughs> he, Calgary, Alberta is where he landed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where he landed. There's some barn outside of town. It's probably a Daryl Sutter's house in Viking. Let's be honest here. <laughs> there is some spaceship there still from Krypton. Hey, there's one in Vulcan, Alberta. Um, maybe that's the one he came in on. Maybe. Yeah. With, the, with yeah. all the, the Star Trek and yeah uh, William William Shatner yeah <laughs> yeah it's not a replica of the Starship Enterprise it is the Starship yeah, Enterprise and Kale McCarr arrived on it <laughs> yeah exactly but oh man that that's just still ridiculous <laughs> yeah. in my opinion like look take a look at that I'm like holy crap so what yeah. was your question for me or did you just want to talk about Kale McCarr <laughs> no I did want to talk about Kale McCarr but 
Oh, okay. How how do I word this question? W- without hurting my feelings. No, without. <laughs> okay, I want to say that not to like pump tires or rub it in your face or that, but I want to say that when we talked about this series, and that's that's bad actually. When we talked about the series starting last week, yeah, <laughs> I was talking about how. You know, the offense, I'd say, is pretty comparable for both teams. Mm-hmm. The defense, I gave the slight edge to Colorado, which I think they showed. Absolutely. Right? The, the yeah. fact that they were able to shut down Connor McDavid the way that they did, mm-hmm. and Evander Kane, I would throw in Leon Dreisaitl there, but he was already kind of slowing himself down by playing with a high ankle sprain, which, holy shit, yeah. also <laughs> that he managed to do what he did with that. Yeah. Which also apparently was all the way back to the game against Anaheim. So LA, you mean? No, it was against Anaheim. Oh, really? Is what came out, yeah. Oh, like two shit. months ago. Wow. So uh as uh, as our friend Chris CJK uh Chell put it on Twitter, uh Anaheim just helping another Oilers elimination. <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah, so I gave I gave the slight edge to to Colorado. And again, I think they showed it. Mm-hmm. I said goaltending was going to be the thing, and it wasn't who was going to be better. It's what Mike Smith you were going to get on a given night. Do you think Mike Smith was a large... He was definitely, I would think, part of the reason, but you could also pick out a a lot of reasons as to why you know, the series went as it did for Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Was Mike Smith a large part as to why the Oilers had this result, I guess, in in this third round? Before I answer your question, I just want to say Mike Smith is one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> he is a one, like we are yeah. never we are never going to get a goaltender in the NHL ever again like Who Mike will Smith. Will stop everything that he shouldn't and let in everything that he shouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you know this series I think perfectly sums up Mike Smith because a lot of times when you talk about goalies, you can say, oh, like this this game would have been 9 nothing and it instead of 4 nothing if not for this goaltender. Mm-hmm. Or like um and the, like all the crazy saves they made. Or like, man, like if we even just got average goaltending, this game would have been winnable. It, it probably we probably would have won 3-2 instead of like losing like 11-3 or whatever. But with Mike Smith, you get both in the same game. <laughs> because there was times where I was like, like when it was like, say, tied at zeros or 1-1, I was like, man, Oilers are not doing anything. Mike Smith is the reason this game is not like 7-1 by the end of the first period. Mm-hmm. But then in the same game, I would be like, God damn it, Mike Smith. Like, you let in that fucking muffin of a shot. And now, all of a sudden, like, the three goals that we got to tie it are useless. So, no. I I don't really remember your exact question, but I wouldn't say that Mike Smith cost us the series. I wouldn't no, even I, say that it's a the, large factor in, like, how the series went. Is that kind of how you worded it? Yeah. Was he, a, was he a large part in the reason that they lost the way that they did? Not just that they lost. Okay. But just the way that they lost. Because if I remember correctly, 
I, I was trying to I was trying to find the the tweet that said it. I thought I had a screen capture of it. But if I remember correctly, the Oilers are the first team in NHL history to be swept scoring five plus goals in each game. That they did score. Oh, and that they did score. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, we lost one. Yeah, well, there's there's one shutout, I believe. Was there not a four nothing? There was a there was a four nothing. Game I, three I'm, just, was, I'm just trying to pull out the games here. Game three was four two. Um Okay, maybe yeah. I'm wrong then. Yeah, I, I on, think on that exact stat, but there there was yeah. one that was like you read that and you're like, how the hell is that possible? And it kind of yeah. took me back to uh there was there was a quote from Connor McDavid saying, like, you shouldn't be losing games that you're scoring four plus goals. And he's not yeah. wrong. It, McDavid said that. Jay Woodcroft, the head coach, said that. Even Mike Smith said that. So he like owned up to his mistakes there. <laughs> I was gonna say, which is like gold coming from Mike. It's like, dude, they're getting past you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, look, I'm gonna take out the four nothing game just because in this series it's kind of an outlier. I would say. Um, so game one was eight six. Game three was 4-2, and game four was 6-5. I think in every one of those games, you can pick out one, maybe even two goals that Smith let in, where you're like, if he saves that, we win this game. Because then it's, say, 6-6 going to overtime, or you know it's still 2-2, probably going to overtime, or Oilers had the momentum, or um, it's 5-4, and we don't have to go to overtime. Mm-hmm. So I think there's... In those three games, there's one or two that you could pick that out. But I think you could also do the same and be like, this is not a save that Mike Smith should have made. Like, it was a two-on-one that was played horribly or like, I don't know, Evan Bouchard, like, you know, tried to clear the puck right up the middle and it was a tape-to-tape pass to Nathan McKinnon and... Mm-hmm. Smith made a glove save. I don't. I don't know if that actually happened, but like something yeah. like that, right? So I think for every every goal that there was like a Mike Smith should have saved that. There's also one that Mike Smith shouldn't have saved that. So again, I think to actually answer your question, no, I don't think Mike Smith was a factor in why Edmonton lost the way that they did. Okay. Do you want to hear his goal save above expected? Sure. Yeah. 1.9. Positive 1.9? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it would probably be up near, well, I don't know. I was going to say up near Ottinger numbers, but he was like plus 10. So Mike Smith sits eighth, eighth out of 30. Okay. The guy ahead of him was who he played in the first round. Jonathan Quick at 2.3. Can you? Because I know that Smith's best series was against the Kings. With what you're looking at, can you take out the Kings games? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. That's yeah, fine. This I is was just, just for, curious. Yeah. Just for playoffs, it looks like. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, um, But you know what? I do want to take a look at specifically five on five. Oh, sure. What's that? That bad? Oh, you're not, you're not going to like this. Okay. So what I was looking at was all situations. Yeah. Five on five, Mike Smith sits 
29th at a negative 5.4. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can look at five on five, but power plays and penalty kills are still part of the game, right? And like huge momentum swings. Do you want want those breakdowns then? Because there's five on four and four on five. Sure. I can give you those too. Yeah. Theoretically, they should all add up to the same numbers, right? So... Yeah, it's it's like weird averages to get. I forget how exactly it's calculated. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so five on four. Actually, no, that that's actually no, that's still relevant. I think that's power plays because you can definitely give up there, stuff. <laughs> there was a few power plays in the Colorado series that looked like <laughs> avalanche power plays. Not uh, okay. Plays, so. Five on four. So man up. Mm-hmm. Smith was exactly zero. Okay. Straight across. Now on the penalty kill. Yeah, see, now this is where we, we were saying he was stopping everything he shouldn't and letting in everything he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Positive 5.3, third spot. Yeah. For penalty kill. But then when it came to five on five, when his team is even strength, it was brutal. Yeah. Makes sense, honestly. <laughs> like. The duality of Mike Smith. (laughs) I I would have given you that exact same answer, like just based off the eye test. So yeah, and that and that's where it's nice, where the the eye test and the numbers line up. Yeah, but yikes! Like that's I don't know. I feel like you should have you should have better numbers five on five. I mean, I feel like that's how Mike Smith's just always been. So. So Edmonton just constantly needs to have a man in the box that's not Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, and they'll win games. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's put Zach Cassian in the box for for sixty minutes a night. <laughs> oh man, uh, and yeah, just because I was taking a look at it there, um, Shesterkin still leads for five on five, uh, 16.5 goal save above expected. Damn. That's That's only like one. That's not even that. Yeah. That's not even one less than his all situations. Yeah. It's crazy. Damn. Uh, and then he's on another level. Yeah. Uh, and then when they're on the penalty kill, he's actually down at 22nd, but it's only a negative 1.4. That's not horrible. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, not bad and, at all. So. And Vasilevsky's sitting second when they're on the penalty kill at 5.3. And the only reason he's above Smith is because he has the same number as him, but with one less game played. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's number one on the penalty kill? Ottinger? No, but from that series, Jacob Markstrom. Okay. 5.9. That may, yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, um, last thing I want to say about the Colorado Edmonton series, and, and this is more just a yeah. personal thing. And I know that there's no Oilers fans listening, so it's, <laughs> it, <laughs> nobody probably cares about this. But I just want to say it. This is honestly kind of what I expected from the team this year. I, actually, it's better than I expected. Like, if you would have told me in December when we were on our 15 game, you know, shit stain streak. Mm. like it's not even a losing streak it was, it was bad <laughs> <laughs> if you would have told me then that this team was going to go all the way to the conference finals I, I would have like laughed in your face 
There's no way I would have believed that. Even at the beginning of the season, I I probably wouldn't have really believed that. Mm-hmm. And when you look at how long Ken Holland's been around, or there's GM, this is the end of his third year, and this team is making the conference finals. Given the state they were in when Shirelli left, that's, I mean, that was his plan coming in. You yeah. know, contend for a playoff spot in year one. Year two, you know, learn, you know, make the playoffs, which they, they ended up making them both years, but they were mm-hmm. pretty embarrassing both years. Uh, and then year three, make a run, and they did. So I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Like, if they would have won this year, obviously fantastic. But, yeah, you know, losing to Colorado in the conference finals, even though it was a sweep, it's a pretty good way to go out. Like, a pretty good team to lose against, I mean. Like, if you're going to lose, it might as well be against Colorado. Honestly, you, you're you probably the best take of this that I've seen from Oilers fans so far. Oh, I, I <laughs> like, know. the most yeah. chill about it, actually. I'm kind of surprised, not going to lie. I was not chill on, what was it, Monday night? Which is fair. It it, it ruined my whole night. It but I mean, like, I've seen Oilers fans tweet today still of, like, fuck this, fuck that. Fuck Sportsnet, fuck Rogers. Like, yeah. they're going after the broadcasters that's, and everything like that. Fuck the NHL. Like, just going yeah. off on everybody. That's that's Oilers hockey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the team is out of the playoffs, like, it's shit on everybody and everything not named McDavid and Dreisaitl. Nurse, fuck Oilers you. Oilers hockey, every, not our you. fault. <laughs> yeah. Jay Woodcroft took this team from out of a playoff spot, six points out, and into the conference finals fuck him like why bring him back like yeah. ken holland doesn't know what he's doing like it's it's all that shit all yeah, that long. one's that last one's valid though <laughs> i just talked about ken holland and said like how he <laughs> took this team from literal shit on the sidewalk of downtown edmonton to conference finals in three years and he got seven million dollars of projected cap space for next year it's gonna be an interesting offseason for edmonton still have seven yes but yeah there's a there's a lot of guys there, to sign. There's, there's a lot of guys to sign, but also a few guys that could move on. So, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll I, see what happens. I'll, it's I'll going to be interesting, though. For I'll sure. save the off-season projections for uh, for Twitter here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I'm proud of my boys. There More proud than Nate is of his flames because <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they should have been the team to get kicked by Colorado. <laughs> The Flames should have been the team to get swept in the conference finals, <laughs> not the Oilers. <laughs> I wouldn't even even been mad about that, honestly. If yeah. if Colorado played them the exact same way, I honestly would have been just like, yeah, you know what? It was like everybody thought it was going to be Colorado, Calgary in the Western Conference Final anyway. They mm-hmm. shut us down. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I would have been less upset about that. Yeah, that, that's kind of the boat that I'm in too, but. Instead, I'm like, well, Edmonton wasn't even really supposed to be here. They were supposed to lose to Calgary. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Quick break and then the hard question. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Lauren, I see your question. It's, uh, I was going to bring it up. So, we'll leave that for um, just after the break here. Oh, yeah. So, I think okay. it could be a, yeah, we, we can make it quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see you in uh, about 30 seconds here. What is up, Devils fans? It's your boy, Neil Piano. 
make sure you check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Ham or Porkroll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! Okay, so Lauren's question here, throwing it back to uh, some Ducks talk. Thoughts about the Bruins firing Bruce Cassidy, and do you think he would be a good replacement for Dallas Eakins? Was, I think, like a lot of people, very surprised at the Cassidy firing. Yeah. And I think that's going to dictate a lot of what happened in Boston this offseason, whether it's Patrice Bergeron coming back, because... Sounds like he's still unsure of what he's going to do, right? Whether he's going to retire or sign another, like, say, one-year deal. Uh, Pasternak's been in the news lately because they might be looking at chipping him off, and he might be okay with it. Is he a no Cassidy anymore? Is he a free agent? He's got one more year, and then free agency. Gotcha. Um, like like UFA free agency? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what he's making now? Uh, I think it's. Six or seven something, if I remember correctly. Okay, let's see. Um, but yeah, um, Ca- Cassie six and two thirds million, yeah, which is pretty damn good for David Pasternak. Yeah, ten team no <laughs> trade list. So, so take off the seven Canadian teams and pick three others. Buffalo and, teams. Buffalo and two others. Let's put it that way. Yeah, probably so. Anaheim and San Jose, I would say. Potentially. Yeah, I, I know that the the three California teams for um, for like tax reasons, I think, are yeah kind of generally part of the ten team no trade list as well. So, um, but I mean, if he wants to go for a cup in a few years, I think like the Kings could be an option. Yeah, potentially. But also, he'll get paid in Anaheim, so. True. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the, the firing of Cassidy is going to change a lot of things for Boston. Yeah. Whether it's, yeah, Bergeron coming back and that might even sway, you know, like Marshan's going to be out for the start of the season. That's already known. I forget what happened to him specifically, but he's going to be gone for the first bit. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, like they've already lost a good chunk of their core and Stuff like that, yeah. It's or like yeah. their like their core over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, things are going to be different in Boston because Cassidy's not around anymore as yeah. well. I think, think that's going to expedite some things. So it'll be. Do you think? Do you think that um, Bruce Cassidy getting fired is like saying this is the end of an era? We know Bergeron's not coming back. We've already lost Krejci and Krug, who were big parts of the team. Pasternak wants out. Yeah. Marchand is going to kind of be the only guy left. Do you think like, okay, let's get Cassidy out. Let's bring in a, a fresh face for a fresh team kind of thing. Does that, could, does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense, right? Like you're you're starting with, you know, the new guys. Um, but, you know, like losing as many guys as they are and whatnot, right? Like the question is kind of right now, is Boston potentially looking at a retool or a rebuild? right away here yeah and are they just going for it yeah so this is gonna be interesting yeah. um in terms of 
if he's a good replacement for Dallas Eakins in an ideal world where we don't, yeah. you know, extend the contract option to Dallas Eakins. He's an upgrade. Is he what the team needs? Maybe not, but I I, I don't really know. I, I haven't paid a lot of attention to the Bruins over the last few years. So. I don't know. Like I'm I'm thinking of the style of hockey that Boston played. Don't get me wrong. It was very it was high offense and that kind of thing, but it what it looks like the roster is going to be constructed like for next year. It just doesn't make as much sense to me. I can't yeah. place my finger on exactly why in terms of stylistic differences, but just kind of thinking about it, it it doesn't work for myself at least. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I can't really say. I don't know a ton about Bruce Cassidy. And like I said, I haven't really watched the Bruins much over the last few years either. So uh, I don't know. But I mean, while he's been there, I guess they haven't really gone deep in the playoffs. So maybe he's more of your regular season type coach than your playoff mm-hmm. coach, which the Ducks do need a regular season coach, not a playoff coach. Well, they need a coach. Yeah. Really? But so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's better options out there, but obviously it depends on, you know, where these guys actually want to go. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, do you have anything else you want to add or? Claude see? Julian could be interesting for the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, I've always liked Julian or Alain Vigneault. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate that idea, to be honest with you. I think back to Vancouver, which, um, you know, obviously he's been with like the Rangers and Philly, and I think one other team since then. But I, th- I think of Vigneault, and I think back to his time in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Mind you, there was a lot; they were a lot bigger body but that was also the style of play at the time yeah i don't know just something about that offense kind of feels right um uh, another yeah, option could, another option could be rick Tockett, though if, if we're getting into that because mm-hmm. that's somebody that we talked about before i yes yeah i would right. hate that honestly mm-hmm. but it sounds like he's been linked with uh the flyers lately so oh, okay gotcha um he was, yeah, Philly, uh, the Rangers, and then the Canucks. Uh, and then before the Canucks, Vigneault was with the Canadians and the Senators. Senators as an assistant, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so yeah just uh, just Montreal was the other team. But. Mm. So, okay. Yeah, uh, just an idea. Now, shall we get into what's quacking? Yes. I'm curious. Yes, let's do it's been, it. It's been like an hour and a half. <laughs> well, hour and 20 minutes since we last talked about it. And I, I want to know yeah. what it is. <laughs> All right, Carter. So this or that question. Okay. Would you rather fight an orangutan with a sword? The orangutan has a sword, not you have a sword. Okay. Fight an orangutan with a sword once a year or fight a chicken Every time you get into your car. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is a question. (laughs) We got a lot to unpack here. Okay. Let's start with the orangutan with a sword. Now, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put some stipulation on that one at least. Okay. 
I would imagine that the orangutan's not trained in yeah. the sword. Mm -hmm. But it's just a psychopath with a sharp object. Or, orangutans are fucking strong as hell. I think it's like they like their strength is like seven times like your average human or something like that. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um let's yeah, let's, let's just imagine that he's just like swinging happily kind of thing. Yeah. You got to you got to defend that. Let's take a step back for a second. And we know and we know how chickens can get. Do I want to If the question was do I want to fight an orangutan without a sword once a year or fight a chicken every time you get in your car? I still probably wouldn't want to fight the orangutan very much. Right? <laughs> like it would still be scary. Then you give it a sword too. <laughs> like how do you even prepare for that? Okay, I've got a I've got a question. If if I picked the orangutan with a sword option, would I fight the orangutan the next day or that day or would it be one year from now? You have to fight the orangutan with a sword. So you have a year to, you know, prepare and game plan what you're going to do and maybe, you know, do a little let's, bit of training. Let, let's say the first fight is today. It's like within an hour of deciding. Okay. But then you get another year. So it's scheduled on every, like on, like, yeah, we'll go. It's scheduled on every June 9th or something okay. like that. Gotcha. If we were to decide, or I guess June 8th. Yeah. Today's the yeah. Day. So, let's think of it this way. An orangutan without a sword could kill me. <laughs> if it got a hold of both of my arms, I, I'm like a Christmas cracker. That's it. it, it <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's an orange Wookiee. You just go, nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you put a sword in that thing's hand. Like, I, I don't like my chances. If I made it out of year one then, okay, then I know what to do for every other year. And it's one day a year where I got to fight an orangutan. No big deal. Yeah. Now, just just to, to let you know here, the average weight and height of a male orangutan is four foot five, but 191 pounds. Okay. So they're, they're, they're smaller than I thought. Still, that's a lot, but okay. So I think we've unpacked that one. And determine that I don't want to do that. <laughs> Fighting a chicken every time you get in your car. Is the chicken in the same spot every time? Like, is it in the passenger? Or is it, like, in the driver's seat waiting for me? So as soon as I open the door, it's, like, coming for me? And I got to, like, box that shit just no, to get I, in my I, car? I think or is it, like, in a different spot? Like, sometimes it's on the passenger seat. Sometimes it's, like, by the pedals. Other times it's, like, got a knife and it's, like, in the back seat <laughs> waiting for you. I'm going to say it's in a different spot every time. And it doesn't attack you until you're seated. Okay. So it's not as soon as you open the door. It's as soon as you get in the car. So you are confined. Okay. When does the chicken get in? Is it like as soon as I get out the of my... The chicken's my... in before you're in. Yeah, okay. The so like, they're waiting for you. So let's say, uh, let's say I pick this option. Tomorrow morning when I'm leaving for work, there's a chicken in my car. Yeah. And, I, and I fight it and I win. And then I go to work and then I come back. Well, I would have to fight another chicken on the way home, but yeah, we'll say I beat that one too. Oh, no. Okay, no, sorry, let me back up. Fight a chicken in the morning, win, drive to work. Work day's over. Yeah. When 
in my workday, does the chicken, quote, spawn in my car? Is it like as I'm leaving to go to work, it's like a, a chicken just like sneaks up behind me and hops into the car to wait all day? Or is it like, oh, Carter's heading towards his car. Boom, chicken in there. Uh, we'll go with like instant spawn as soon as you open the door to get in. So okay. it's a fresh chicken ready to go and fuck your day up. Fresh chicken that's real confused. Like, how the hell did I get <laughs> here and who are you? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Because I was thinking like in the summertime. That chicken is blackout drunk and just came to when he sees you and goes, fuck that dude. Okay. Because so I was thinking like in the summertime, I have a black car that just, you know, sits on the driveway outside. Like, ev- that just means I get free roast chicken like every day. <laughs> no, th- this chicken is ready to go. Okay. To try to kick your ass. I like if, again, if the question was, would you rather fight an orangutan or a chicken? I'm picking the chicken. I can I can take a chicken over an orangutan. They're nasty buggers. I know, but like, <laughs> is a chicken going to kill me? Probably not. Like, as soon as it gets close enough to me, I can grab that thing and snap its neck. Or at least I can like like hold it and like I don't know spike it on the ground or something. Well, I mean I'm in my car, but so it's not going to be a fun time. But also, if I know the chicken is going to be there, wait, can I bring props into this? And by props, I mean knives. Uh, or like spiky gloves. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess this is the case where like you know it's going to be there. So sure. Yeah. Okay, so in that case, I would just like, you know, show up with like a stick or something every day. So I would have something to like stun the chicken and then, you know, get it out of the car. Or I, cause I guess I don't have to kill it. Sorry, PETA, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I could just like grab it, open the door and throw it out of the car. So, and then, you know, after... I'd say probably a week. You got it down to a science. Get in, smack the chicken, roll down the window, toss the chicken out the car, roll up the window again. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got a system. But with an orangutan, it's hard to build a system when it's only once a year. Yeah. So I think I got to go with fighting it as inconvenient as it is, at least at first. I think I got to go with fighting a chicken every time you get in your car. And also, that would just be good for the environment because then I'd be like, oh, you know what I really want right now? I want a, I want a Slurpee. I'm going to drive to the store. Wait, no. I don't want want to get in my car. Like, it's not worth it to fight this chicken just to drive the five minutes to the store, go get out, get the Slurpee, and then have to fight another one for my way back. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, ride a bike or walk <laughs> or just wouldn't go, which would be good for my bank account too. So either way, I think there's benefits to that. Like, it's kind of a, do you really need to go and drive somewhere right now? Or like, could it wait? I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. Okay. What if there's an emergency? Do you really want to deal with that fucking chicken? That's a good point. (laughs) Is it every time I get in my car, the car that is registered in my name, or is it any time I get into any car? 
it says your car, but I'm going to assume that anytime you get in a car. Even as a passenger or if like I am yeah, getting in this gonna, car to drive. Yeah, because I feel like that's a workaround. Okay. Just anytime you get into a car, you have to fight a chicken. There's going to be a lot of pissed people that it's like <laughs> a lot of... A lot of pissed Uber drivers drive with where I get into the back of someone's Uber and they're like, dude, you can't bring a chicken in here. And I was like, I didn't. I just got to like fight this thing. Just like start driving and I'll, I'll get it out. Don't worry. <laughs> so, 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 so you're fighting the chicken? I, yeah, I think I got to pick the chicken because like, right. like I said, it's not going to kill me. But it is going to suck. So you're right. It does suck for the for emergency situations, but... I think death by a ragged tang sucks a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. I I think the exception would be like if I was, knock on wood, God forbid this doesn't happen anytime soon, I have a heart attack (laughs) and I have to get into an ambulance. I don't think that should count because like... The chicken gives you a secondary heart attack or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, I guess the... In that case, the EMTs would probably take the chicken. They'd be like, what's this chicken doing here? Get the fuck out. <laughs> I wouldn't have to fight the chicken. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So you're going with fighting the chicken. I'm go- Yeah. What would you go with? All right. So just to let everybody know, we got summer content. We're going to have Carter versus <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Showing up on your Twitter feed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, what am I picking? Yeah, I'm picking the orangutan because I'm probably gonna get my ass kicked the first time, get a few nicks and that kind of thing. Get a few nicks, dude. You could like lose an eye or a leg, or worse, your penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Then I get a whole year to think about that. They what if you don't make it? Better. What if you don't make it out of the first year? You're going in blind, like, like you said, an hour from now. You've got to go and fight an orangutan with a sword. Do you even know what that looks like? It's terrifying, I'm sure. Yeah, but so like you can't plan. It's not like you can call up somebody and be like, hey, you fought an orangutan with a sword before, right? <laughs> yeah, what, how, you got any tips for me? Like, no, you can't. You just right. got to do it. Now, first, I'm taller than the average orangutan. So that's actually a positive for me for once. I'm actually taller than something. Mm-hmm. I also outweigh the thing. I may not be able to out-muscle it necessarily. Because like I said, it's about seven times the strength. But I outweigh it. All I got to do is just find that moment, get past the sword, and just lay on the thing. Yeah, and lay on the thing. High risk, high reward here. But you know what? If I go out swinging, pun intended, You know how badass it's going to be actually in the afterlife to be like, I got taken out by an orangutan with a sword. Some like samurai jack shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking like those, like they got to, they got to reach on them, don't they? Orangutans. Yeah. What's the arm? What's the, what's the arm? What's the wingspan? Arm length? Yeah. What's the wing- <laughs> wingspan on an orangutan. <laughs> orangutan. <laughs> New Google search. <laughs> Ar- arm span of an orangutan. Uh, over seven feet from fingertip feet. to fingertip. <laughs> oh boy! Plus, you put a sword onto that. Even if you say it's like a like a small like one foot sword, that's eight feet. So you're starting at minimum eight feet away from this yep. orangutan, and it swings at you. And before it can swing at you again, you think you can run eight feet and tackle it? 
but mind you, it can though, do anything. The, the thing probably isn't doing it like fencing, where it's doing it like with its wrists, right? It's probably yeah. wildly swinging. Yeah, you exactly. Bring seven plus feet back across. You got time. I'm taking the orangutan. I think you're I'm losing it. I think you're losing the head pretty quickly. Like the it swings across, and then you move forward, and then it comes back, and that's it. You're done. Dude, I'm not risking my eyes, all my clothes, and everything like that just to get into a car to go to work every day. You could get like a suit, like a like a beekeeper type of suit. Get in your car, fight the chicken, take it off. I don't think those are cut resistant. Well, I don't know. I'm like I, I said, like a beekeeper <laughs> I suit. No, I don't got the money for Kevlar. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't I'm know. going I with just... the orangutan. It's once a year I got to deal with that thing. If I don't make it, then you know what? I never got to deal with it again. And I got a badass story in the afterlife if there's such a thing. <laughs> yeah. If my answer would change if the orangutan was like say at a random point in the year or like at the end of the the year like yeah. in a year because i'm like okay then i can prepare a little bit but if it's like an hour i'm gonna spend the entire hour just shitting my pants <laughs> but that's just for the first one then you have the year but i don't think that personally i could make it past the first one <laughs> like I, there's a lot of animals i think i could take and an orangutan is not one of them <laughs> with a sword an orangutan with a like even without the sword like i said i don't like my odds but yeah with the sword that's it i'm done Fair enough. i'm assuming he's like pissed off because like oh yeah this is a pissed off orangutan somebody took his pissed off chicken <laughs> yeah somebody took his food away and i'm like suspect number one yeah so yeah. I'm still going with the orangutan. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. Let's see you in 40 years when the chickens finally get me. <laughs> like I said, oh. I just won't drive. If it was my house, like every time I walked into my house, I'd be like, well, fuck. Give me you wouldn't orangutan. be able to live anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me the orangutan and just end it quickly. Like, yeah. <laughs> But car, I could deal. I, honestly, I'd move to Europe and just take the bus everywhere or the train or just walk. You got to deal with it in the bus too. <laughs> yeah, but then I got like 40 other people to help me take care of this chicken because no one else wants the chicken there. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I, I, there's, there's loopholes to like make the chicken manageable, yeah. I think. With the orangutan, there's no way the, out of the it. The 11 secret spices from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Honestly, man. because... If it, even if it was the same chicken, you could, like, figure out its weakness, too. Like, maybe the chicken hates Taylor Swift. <laughs> Turns out I love Taylor Swift, so I'll just, like, play Taylor Swift all the time, and then the chicken's like, whoa. I don't no, but then he's song. really mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, like, scared of Taylor Swift, you know? Because like, <laughs> I think of my chicken would be scared of Taylor Swift. I, it's I don't completely know. unrealistic, but here I am. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Also, oh. sorry, this is a, a totally other random thing about chickens. Have you ever seen, like, when someone's holding a chicken and they can move the body, but the head stays well, the in head the same stays, spot? Yeah, stays most, yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Get that shit out of here, man. <laughs> that belongs in a horror movie. It's got a better it's gyroscope than my phone does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, uh, man. All right. Well... I think uh, <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. I think that's good. We were looking at this and it's like, man, we got three things to talk about here. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no reason this should be more than an hour. We're at an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> How good is this broadcast? Uh, Mike Smith's goaltending. <laughs> and would you rather fight an orangutan or a chicken? Yeah. 
<laughs> all all equal parts important on this podcast. Welcome to the Quack Report, everybody. If this is your first episode, <laughs> this is your first episode. Oh, what oh boy, join in on. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Well, if you guys want to let us know if you'd fight an orangutan or a chicken, you can do that at Quack Report Pod on Twitter, Instagram. Maybe I got to make it a poll this week, actually. Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> um, what else are we on? Oh, Twitch. That's the other one. That's at Quack yeah. Report Pod and the Quack Report on YouTube. Uh, at Hockey Podnet for the network and the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube for watch-alongs throughout the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Nate, where can they uh, tell you how much they hate Mike Smith? Because I know there's a lot of Mike Smith <laughs> haters out there. Uh, you can send it to me on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. And you can keep your Mike Smith slander out of my DMs. <laughs> but if you want to just like chat... Carter underscore pots, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 on Twitter is where you can do that. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.